I reject your reality and substitute my own. Don't kid yourself there. You're a bit of a pussy. No offense. Hello, this is John Scalzi, and you're listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the internet. Versus the World Productions. What has been heard cannot be unheard. www.vtwproductions.com The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N.com. I don't like this place. Alive, it's alive, it's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals have taken control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. If you wish to participate in today's show, please come to the website and choose chat at the top of the page. If you have a webcam, click on chat and video to join the video wall. If you want to do IRC chat, click on chat and you can use our web-based IRC client to join in the chat during the show. If you want to email the show, the address is ch at vtwproductions.com. That's ch as in casually hardcore at vtwproductions.com. And now... On with the show! For Sunday, the 14th of October, 2012, this is Casually Hardcore. I'm Gnomewise. I'm Eyelid. And I am Barry V. We have an interesting assortment of hosts for you today. The, yes. a, a non-standard selection. Well, two of us are standard. Yes, it's just a, one of these this, things is not like the others. This particular combination, yeah, is is rare. How are you, Barry? Nice typing, Barry. I can I can hear you resounding in my medulla oblongata. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I have to take show notes. I'm, I'm uh, taking show notes. He's taking show notes as well as actually. He is the um, Swiss Army producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, we should thank him. The date and who's show today <laughs> me 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 yeah so yes we should probably uh, get this out of the way if you're in the irc and joining us live and you should be you will find our producer nay irc rep nay host the barry bon awesome barry White, save my life. if you wish to bring things to our here's a conundrum for you do not PM the hosts directly during the show. Yeah, that's not going to work and this Barry time. And Barry is one of the hosts. That is not going to work. You're going to have to PM Barry. The following <laughs> statement is true. The preceding the statement, statement was false. false. Yes, I am. Uh, I find myself, yeah, oxymoron, like military intelligence, those sorts of things. So Daxa yeah. and Grail are off doing the hand egg thing. 
Uh, yeah, they have a Cardinals game day, and they are off and, and having a, a good old time and enjoying the the unbelievably amazing weather that we have suddenly moved into. It was like overnight. This is that time of year where we all remember. This is a glorious time when the weather begins to change right. and the snowbirds have not arrived. Yep. Where we remember why the, we live here. The traffic is still good. You know, it's very pleasant out there and driving. And, it's no and longer you have your windows torch, open. And, no longer blowtorch to the face hot. Nemesis and arch nemesis are both asking you to open the windows at every possible second. I won't open them when we're going over about 25 miles an hour because it's just too windy in the car. And, you know, crap can fly in and hit them and things like that. So you don't want to do that. You're on the video world, Doc Dead's rocking the uh, the Jordy LaForge thing. He's got the uh, LeVar Burton look going with his, his short-cropped hairstyle and beard. He just needs the, the visor, and he's, he's all Star Trek The Next Generation. Oh, what? <laughs> look at him! Like LeVar Burton. I'm no. sorry. Don't, don't do that to him, because Jordy never got laid. No, he didn't, did he? <laughs> he didn't, so don't do that to him. He does not look like Jordy. He, he got inseminated by various alien life forms and such along with him. Yes, he's, 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 he's raped, yes, but late, no. He's, he's the Harry Kim of the next generation. <laughs> never going to get promoted, never going to get none. Yep. Oh, God, we're nerds. Mm. What? You married me. I did. I did. Quite a while ago now. Now, for the call-in topic, oh, the show. We'll get that out there early so you guys can start thinking about it. And a big shout-out and thank you to Grail for, despite the fact that he knew he was not coming today, he still put together the spreadsheet for us. But didn't give us a call-in topic. But did not give us a call-in topic. We, we, you and I, without Mm -hmm. knowing it, have formulated it. We have. So Io and I, for the first time in a while, last night, sat down and played an MMO together. Gamed together. Amen. What? I know. We did. I know, right? For Jeez. the first time in like a year, we oh, were able enough. to put that together. It's uh, the backlog paperwork project I've been working on for, oh God, over a month now. It's been eating my weekends. is pretty much wrapped up. And life is returning to a semblance of normalcy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I cracked myself up. Um, yeah, we'll get into that. The... So there was a window of opportunity for us to start playing a little Guild Wars 2. So the question for listeners is, after you've returned to gaming, after a period of time where you either chose to be away or were forced to be away, did you find the transition back in to be pleasant, unpleasant, easy, hard? Did did, did it slip on like a comfortable glove? Did it feel weird? Did you have to relearn skills that you had at a molecular level when you stopped. Um, so when you returned to gaming after a, a break of some kind, what was your experience like? Because we're doing that as of, well, right last now. night. Yeah. And it was interesting because I had been playing Guild Wars 2 um, for probably a month before that, since it's really since its release date, so yeah. August 28th. You were there. And I was not enjoying it nearly as much. And the minute... No mice got on. It was like, this is why we play this. Now I'm now I'm having fun. I, I I don't understand why last night this wasn't so much fun, and tonight it's a whole lot more fun. And it was very obvious to me once we got into it why. Um, now we have to actually learn some more about how this game actually works. Yep. When we're to the point for announcements, I have a couple of announcements. 
Announcements. Announcements. We usually do them in the tangent section. Well, like, what's up in our lives? Let things me like that. play the proper intro then. Tangents are kind of a big deal. Okay. Tangent alert. Tangent yes, we're gonna alert. we're gonna jump through. I have like six different things that are totally unrelated, so it's gonna be a very very interesting tangent section. Um, you go first. Then. The first announcement that I wanted to make was about. Red Sand. Ah, yes. It's on the front page of btwproductions.com. Red Sand is finished. It is published. It is out there. Go see it. This is a work that has been in in progress for about a year exactly. They did pre-production last fall, filming um, early in the spring, and then late in the spring and all through the summer, they've been doing post-production effects, sound, all of that. And it is complete. Um, so this is a Mass Effect fan film. It takes place about 50 years before the first game. Um, it tells the story of, um, or the part of the story of a, a character that's vaguely referred to in the canon um, by the name of John Grissom. And the primary actor is, of course, Mark Muir, who is the voice of Commander Shepard. Of Male Shepard, um, yeah. Male Shepard in Mass Effect. Um, and it was, uh, I saw it at its um, sneak preview showing at uh, the university, and it was very well received, and it was a lot of fun. So there, there were, um, if you guys are ever interested and want to have a conversation of it, there were two scenes I thought they could do better, but I'm exceptionally proud of them. They did an amazing job. And uh, please go check it out. So, do you have any comments on Red Sand? Have you seen it? I still haven't had time to watch it. <laughs> I posted it on the front page of the site, along with your interview yeah, with my, Mark My Muir. little short second-leg interview with Mark Muir on the, um, on the actual film itself. Then I was old and went to bed. Yeah. It's only 15 minutes long. This is not going to take a lot of time for you guys to watch. And For I think a fan you, film, that's huge. Right. That's enormously long. And I think you will enjoy it very much. Of course, people are already saying, when's the sequel? When's the sequel? <laughs> people are like, oh, my God, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of work to get that done in a year. Well, I got to go at PAX with Paul DeNegris, the professor who was... the produ- One of the producer directors. Right. Yeah. And he was meeting... With the, um, okay, brain fart. Bioware. Thank you, Bioware team um, at one of their panels and got to watch him learn the news that the the team behind Mass Effect 3 was deeply aware of Red Sand and were itching for it to be completed and released. And we're asking, can, can we can we get a preview? Can can you can you send us the the incomplete you know uh, reel with the partial effects? And we really want to see this movie. And he's, <laughs> Paul's like, yeah. he's having his nerd scream moment of of extreme joy. Like, they know me. They 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 know we exist. They, and more than knowing they exist, they were like chomping at the bit to see because they'd seen the teaser trailers and all the action trailers. And like, yes. So they really love it when people take their storytelling and build on it. They really were, were, were very gracious and, and just gave Paul his big nerd screen moment. It was fun to be there to, to observe that. Yep. That was very, very cool. Um, so that was, that was kind of the first one. Um, 
The second announcement that's kind of my, my life announcement um, is that I am um, actually moving on from UAT. I don't know where yet, but I've talked with my, uh, my president, my supervisors, and I'm actually um, going to be migrating slowly to uh, a different institution, university. To so, be determined. To be determined. So it's, um, it's exciting and scary, and you know I've been at UAT a long time, and I love it. It's a phenomenal place. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to next chapter, and I will keep all of the listeners posted. Well, that's the old, the old saying, which is, change is good. You go first. It is intimidating. I realized I sat down to write my resume, and I went, oh, my God. I haven't touched this in 17 years. I have not written a resume literally in 18 years. Mm-hmm. I am three months shy of 18 years at UAT, and uh, I said, I, I literally haven't written a resume I, since then. It's I need been to exactly learn how to do years. this again. It was like... It was unbelievable. It was so funny. So all you university presidents and, and you know corporate CEOs who are out there, and I know you're listening, my honey's in the marketplace, uh, send your job offers to ch at vtwproductions.com. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> Large piles of cash in easy-to-carry bags preferred. <clears throat> I, I've also been working on my resume a lot uh, in the last week or two because – we got the final news that the facility I work at is definitely closing in February. So, oh no, you're part of that three billion dollar uh, shortfall, huh? Yeah, somehow the uh, United States Postal Service believes that they're going to save time and money by not delivering people's mail in a timely fashion. So, makes perfect sense if you're a government bureaucrat. Yeah, well, it's kind of frustrating when you work there and you. You know how many people are going to be offered jobs at the skeleton crew that's going to remain in the building uh, because they are retaining the building just as a loading dock, essentially. And then they, uh, how many people are going to be asked to transfer to the facility where all the mails are being transferred for to. And then you look at the list of where you are because they actually post like a list on the wall of where you stand and compared to everyone else based on the order in which you joined. Uh-huh. Yeah. uh, Hierarchy at the post office? No, not really. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's not looking good for me having a job uh, come March uh, at this place, at least. So I've been trying really hard to find uh, other employment lately. Now, having been a government employee, I assume you have passed your civil service exam, right? Twice, yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) three times, just to be sure. (laughs) Twice, I like it. I worked as a, a, a for the post office and then didn't for a little while. And then when I went to get to reapply for another job, they made me take the test again. So. God love it. Bureaucracy. It's grand. So at least well, th- that, that door of that yeah. kind of job is also open to you and you've got the prereq out of the way. Yeah, but. Government the work, I know. Now is the one where you get hours and it's so hard to get any time or get a decent job at the post office otherwise unless it's like oh you want to be on call and uh oh you know work 10 hours this week and 40 or 65 hours next week and you'll never know what kind of hours you're gonna get so at least the job I have, i'm doing now i took this job because the hours were pretty much guaranteed and steady ish yeah ish being the primary well it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be kind of cool and interesting going out there on the job market um I will say it was interesting to kind of look at the statistics where they, you know, I don't normally get into politics, but I, I have two things that I wanted to say. I, I watched 
uh, Stuart and O'Reilly rumble in the air-conditioned auditorium because I had to. It was a moral imperative of mine because it was funnier than hell. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bill O'Reilly, right. right-wing... Kind of arch-conservative... Fox News presenter... Claims he's not a Republican, but I'm not sure where he would... Or doesn't represent any party. He didn't say he wasn't Republican. He said he does not represent any party. But he is very conservative. But he is very conservative, And Jon Stewart from The Daily Show on Comedy Central. Mm -hmm. Slightly liberal left-leaning-ish kind of guy. Just a bit. Just a bit. He's... Yeah. He's the master of of that. Did a a debate style... A pseudo-debate. Yeah. Uh... Um, and it was called the Rumble in the Air-Conditioned Auditorium. Right. So there, there was one thing that came up in the debate that was interesting to me. They were arguing, Bill O'Reilly was arguing that um, there is a lot of uh, kind of abuse rampant in the government disability system where you file for disability. And he was quoting statistics on the substantial increase in arthritis cases that have been um, – Put into the system, submitted and worked through the system and actually are receiving disability benefits as an association. He said, how can we have had such a a huge increase in in um, arthritis cases in the last, you know, five years, these four years, whatever he was talking about. And all I could think to myself was like, like John Stewart couldn't answer the question. Right. And didn't have didn't have a good answer. And I was thinking to myself, well, let's see. We've got an aging demographic in our workforce. People are pushing out their retirement ages because their retirement funds were decimated in 2008 when the market collapsed. So people aren't retiring anymore. Um, And as I said, you have a, a huge number of baby boomers who have moved into one of the largest populations generations we ever had moving into retirement age. And you wonder why Why arthritis is spiking. spiking? (laughs) Like, I think you might want to consider the fact that people have pushed back their retirement substantially and that more people are of retirement age than ever before. Not even retirement age. People are of arthritis age. Right. Than ever before. And so it was one of those things where I was like, this is... This is self-evident. Right. You really need to begin... You need to think that this is not abuse of the system. This is a systemic response to what happened in 2008. And it was really interesting just to kind of... First off, they were hilarious... Obviously, they get along really well. They they argue points with each other. They're good debaters with each other. You know, they 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 disagree on a number of facts, but it's pretty clear they're um, they're reasonable friends. Um, I'm seeing uh, that was very funny. That was hilarious. Yeah, part of it's because Bill O'Reilly approaches it in the spirit that it is offered. It, it, it's not a they're not completely carefree and, and comedic about it. It's not go for the throat serious. They don't attack each other. Right. And they both see the absurdities present throughout the system, left and right, and are willing to point it out most of the, even you know, when things are dumb on their own side of the argument. Um, so it's nice to see people who aren't so who are who are polarized mm-hmm. in many of their views but are willing to have a conversation. Right. And not be absolutist about it, because that's what's killing discourse in this country, is people are, are taking absolute. There will, you know, right. There, there are, there's right, there's wrong, there's no such thing as a gray area, there is no compromise, there is no meeting part way, we will not give an inch. 
the other side, we will not give an inch, then we're not getting anything done. Yeah, I think everybody needs to to um, Calm kind down, of take a course. Ta- they need to take a class in civil discourse and yeah. learn how to talk to each other. The other point I thought that was really um, interesting that that both parties kind of agree to, I think, was that all of the problems facing our country are exceptionally complex. They're not simple. They're not going to be solved with a simple, we're going to increase the tax here and decrease the tax there, and that's going to solve all of our problems. No matter which you want to increase or decrease the taxes on, it's not going to solve the problem. There is no silver bullet. Right. There is no silver bullet to this, and we have a lot more that we need to do. Are there some things that we could do that will substantially help? Yes, but it's not something that's going to get fixed overnight. In the uh, IRC, in the blackboard, going back a topic, uh, I see people discussing different schools they're looking at attending. If you're of the nerd tribe, uh, we'd be interested in having you email in just the kinds of schools you're looking at as ones that uh, I might target to see, hey, you got any job openings? Because that's the kind of school she has enjoyed working at uh, thus far so i have yeah i have very very much enjoyed working at at technology schools and i have a real passion for technology but i'm intending to stay in higher education yeah if you if you did attend what could be considered a nerd university or are planning to and if you've got a recommendation for or against if you had a horrible experience you want to hear about that as well uh shoot us an email ch at vtwproductions.com all recommendations and advice are welcomed so it's a big change and uh yeah. So the um, I had one other. Again, I told you I had like four different things, and they're totally unrelated. All but of them. <laughs> you've been living in interesting times. Um, but the um, the uh, yeah, I was sad because that's the last UAT digital video film that I'll be a producer You'll be directly on, that I will with, be a producer yeah. with. So I was sad about that. Um, okay. So the last one was I'm back on Reddit a lot. Because you, you I have suddenly been, have a little bit of time on your hands. I have been spending a lot more time on Reddit. No, I'm still closing out stuff at UAT. I've got a lot of stuff to do there. But I am on more my than hun- I was. My honey, the Redditor. And um, I found this one last night and or night before last that uh, Gnomewise and I were talking about. And he said, babe, what do you mean? That's the freaking title of the thread. Because I was talking about I'd found this thread that was, what are the most heartbreaking lyrics you've ever right. found in your life? And I'm reading him sections of these lyrics and going, oh, that just hits me right here. Did and you he not like, read what was on the tin? <laughs> Didn't you read the title of the thread? Are you not paying attention to what this is going to be? The, the title of the thread was Redditors. What are the most heartbreaking lyrics you've ever encountered in your life? And you're reading down these things and you're surprised that it's ripping your heart out. Well, I was, and I was actually surprised at how good some of the lyrics were. Because, and, and how many of the bands I didn't recognize. Mm-hmm. That they're, they're either substantially younger than me or substantially off of my listening tastes to the point where I actually didn't recognize the, the band name. So it was it was interesting to me. I'm like, ooh, maybe I'm getting old. I'm getting older. I am getting older. Uh, well, that just makes Oop, me feel lame. I I fall down the really dumb subreddits like reaction gifts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Advice okay. animals. I do I do um, the cover page and then I do all reddits combined. And go through the first pages of that. And sometimes you'll find it's like, oh, my God, I didn't need to see that. Look for um, the WTF tag and avoid, avoid, avoid. And oh, so yeah. yeah. I, I edit out 
my front page to keep that stuff away so I don't end up accidentally it's, clicking it's on it. It's not quite 4chan, but it's close. Yeah. Yeah. My, um, my favorite subreddit, of course, as everyone could probably guess, is uh, slash Lego. <laughs> <laughs> there's not a lot of stuff posted in there, but there's some. And there was a lot of news this week at New York Comic Con uh, in regards to uh, oh God, can you the, imagine 20, New York the 2013 Comic-Con? Lego sets. So, how? Let me ask you this: How big is New York Comic Con? It's not as big as San Diego. San Diego, square footage wise and attendance wise, is still the monster. Okay. New York is still pretty freaking huge. I was going to say it has to be giant. I mean, because people aren't going to come really from the East Coast to the go. The thing is, there aren't massive you know. convention centers in New York City. There are like there are in Las Vegas. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I mean, the Hilton Convention Center, well, you've been to uh, CES. Yes, so yes. You, you've seen this. And I've been to Comic-Con. Yeah. So, so you've seen the enormity of it. Um, Aid in the Black Void was saying earlier, uh, I'm guessing this would mean the Gnome family will be moving uh, or other geek units around Phoenix. There's lots of choices in the Phoenix metro area. Basically, if some kind of godlike offer came from far afield, basically Iolite's dream job with large piles of cash and easy-to-carry bags were served up to her, we would consider moving. Right. But it would have to be a hell of a deal. Yeah, I, I kind of place that in the, it has to be the perfect opportunity to get me to leave this state. I mean, I'll drive substantial distances as needed, um, but the the reality is that um, Gnomewise runs his business here. So any offers that we had that required us to move would, would actually have starting to over right and so we'd have to be able to kind of cover that and make sure we could still you know live a reasonable lifestyle yeah i would have to adjust to going back and working for somebody else yeah and the answer is i don't you know I, i'm not entirely opposed at all but i also love arizona much, it has it's, much to recommend. It, we, we don't really have natural disasters here. Yeah, we have heat. That's it. Oh, darn. Yeah. Which is its own bitch, but you don't have to shovel the heat out of your driveway to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any tangents or Barry VA? Because I have one more. <laughs> what, a, what a surprise. We have time. <laughs> oh, God. Aid is uh, educating people in the, uh, in the IRC about the NSFL tag. Not safe for life. Right. Yeah. Because no. NSFW, there's not safe for work, where basically if it's offensive or has nudity in it, they're basically saying, don't open this link if you're browsing from work. But yeah. they were evolved into NSFL, which is not safe for life, which is usually gore. It's usually Or something the, that's going to scar you mentally. Right. It's that moment of, I, 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 I wish I could erase this from my mind. It, actually, it actually disturbs me. Right. Um, so do not you know, just avoid the NSFL tag. If you see something tagged NSFL, keep moving. Yeah, yeah. It you kind of have to be a masochist to want to to like go through and find those. <laughs> like no, no, what? no. What? There are people oh. that they're called serial killers. Um, <laughs> serial killers. Follow these links. Yeah. Uh, S F S. Okay, safe for serial killers. <laughs> I've just invented a new tag. And only safe for serial killers. Yes, no, Anyway, <laughs> so what was your additional? Oh, the last one tangent? was just, yeah, the last one was just kind of neat. Um, I am 
I'm going through this, this leadership institute called Valley Leadership, and we had our first program day. Mm-hmm. And I got to actually go through the Arizona Heritage Museum. And it was awesome for two reasons. One, it had a huge display on baseball in Arizona. And it actually came in and was showing how leagues and gate and teams and players have been coming to Arizona since the mid 1800s. Yeah, because it was the to, winter. Right, to do their camps. spring training right. and to do their winter camps. And they used to take trains out and they would stop at towns along the way and raise money by playing the local team while awesome. they were going through. And it was called a barn buster. Nice. Um, and so they would literally go out, play the local team, raise some cash and money, um, both for the community and for the baseball team along the way, and then go, get back on the train and go to the next town and lather, rinse, repeat. Um, and that was awesome. And the other thing that was awesome there was they had an entire display section on Sandra Day O'Connor. And it was really interesting um, to look at all of her pictures and her dresses and talking about her approach and everything and some of her decision-making when she was on the the Supreme Court. But the one that struck me was chalupas and beer. Excuse me? (laughs) She used to bring all of her associates and staff. She would work out like her own party schedule. And she would bring them all to her house, like on a rotating basis of different varied groups to break things up. And, uh-huh. and she would feed them all chalupas and beer. <laughs> and her idea was, as, as we get to know each other socially and as we interact socially and as we, as we become closer and understand each other more, we're more likely to be mean to each other. We're more likely to be so didactic with each other and to be so unforgiving. And so it was really interesting just to see that she actually had a system <laughs> that was like, this is how I'm going to approach winning all of my, <laughs> all of my coworkers over. was chalupas and beer. And it worked. That's like a one step away from hookers and blow, okay? And it and it worked. It is not one step away from hookers and blow. That's horrific. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one step away from uh, Alan I'm Horse. Pretty, I'm pretty sure you are not allowed to say the phrase Sandra Day O'Connor and hookers, hookers and, and blow. blow in the same sentence. You I don't just think did. that's possible. I'm thinking it's a I'm going I think I'm going to get struck down right here just for uttering those words in too close a proximity to are each other. Are you smoking crack? So, okay, we're through my tangents. I'm sure I'll come up with more, but this section's almost over. You think? See, I'm looking for uh, something. Uh, I can't find it. Oh, it? you're so wrong. Mm. So wrong. Here it is. Here, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to hell when I die. I'm going to go to hell when I die. And yeah. I'm sure she'll have chalupas and beer first. You damn right. <laughs> Save me a spot at the bar. All right. Absolutely. We're at our first break. You are listening to an interesting assemblage of Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Our RSS feeds are created and maintained by RSS feed creator from JitBit Software. Check them out on the web at www.jitbit.com or follow the link from our front page. We shall return right after this. This show is brought to you in part by Audible. Audible Audible.com is the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the Internet. With over 85,000 programs for more than 1,000 content providers, including leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. 
Audible customers can also have their Audible content wirelessly delivered to their smart mobile devices daily, even while sleeping, taking the computer out of the equation. To find out more, visit vtwproductions.com and click on the audible.com advertisement on the left-hand side. Or visit audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. New customers in the United States and Canada will receive a free audiobook download when they sign up via that link. audiblepodcast.com forward slash vtwproductions. the shiniest of hair and he walked into the room with an authoritative air his carefully shaped eyebrows so severe you could barely even tell where the prosthetics met his ears I fell in love with a Spock impersonator from his ears down to his phaser and his sweet communicator I thought my search for love was at an end but being highly logical did not make him a very good boyfriend. Next day, when I first saw his furrowed brow, I knew the ideal man had come and found me somehow. I mean, what else could I think? When he looked me in the eye and told me, Prune juice is a warrior's drink. I fell in love with a wharf impersonator From his forehead to his baldric and his badge communicator I thought my search for love was at an end But being strong and angry did not make him a very good boyfriend Oh, why did I come to this con? This day has been Are we ready to behave? Oh, why did I come to this con? This day has been nothing but a roller coaster of emotion. I don't have the time or money to wait in line to see Leonard Nimoy. But look over there, what an interesting boy. I fell in love with a cue impersonator, which seemed like a bad idea even 30 minutes later. I thought my search for love was at an end. But he transported me to another dimension and played psychological games with me and my friends. This is Danielle Corsetto from Girls with Slingshots, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I hope you have a drink candy. Geeks in a Gaming World. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. Dot com. Geeks in a Gaming World is Yay, our segment. I like the gaming world. It is much more black and white than the real world. It has rules. Yes, and they <laughs> work by rules. And, and, and there's still a lot of blood and gore and violence. I'm picturing, you know, Pikachu suddenly thrust into doom or something like <laughs> that. <You know? laughs> well, I mean, that's basically the concept for the Wreck-It-Ralph the, movie. It's like, the mix 
up of all the gaming characters. Mm. Right, the guy who breaks out of his game and goes into other Other games games, because he wants to break out of the mold that they've put him in as the bad guy. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, it should be interesting. Yeah, it's only a couple weeks out, too. It comes out in early November. I am rather looking forward to it. So, I mean, we actually, you know, our, our gaming world consists of basically one session of playing Guild Wars 2 together. And Iolite has a little bit longer experience than I, rolling up a couple different characters. You rolled a, a plant and a... Yeah, I, I rolled a Silvari and, and a, a Norn. Valkyrie. Yeah. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. So we did... Uh, and we're we're, we're going to level our Norns, I think. Yeah, I'm going to play with the Norn. Do the whole pseudo-Viking yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Um, so one of the things that came up in the research thread um, for the Gaming World segment is that the EA founder is describing consoles as becoming a hobby market. Yeah. I'm you don't sh- agree? I don't think I agree. Okay. What makes you not agree with that? Because they've worked so hard over the years to get consoles into the living room. Because they wanted to get a computer in the living room so they could then sell all these additional services. So we have the Xbox Live Arcade. And you have all the additional services such as Netflix, Hulu Plus, um, Amazon On Demand Video. So we all have media center computers in our living rooms now that also happen to play video games. So if all of these services and money-making off of these additional services and content delivery are leveraged on getting boxes out there in as many houses as possible, why would it suddenly become a niche hobby thing to have a gaming console? It's directly contradictory to the business strategy of the console makers. So here's an upstart game publisher saying, I think it's going to become a hobby thing, a little niche market. And the game developer, or the console developer is like, um, that's not really our plan, and hasn't been for like, ever. Crack smoker. That's why I feel that way. Okay. Barry, <laughs> what about you? I didn't read that article. I well, you well, you've, got the, you've I, got the basics of it. He's know, saying it's to going to be it a hardcore segment, a segment that no, likes I, innovation. I completely agree that it, with what Nomai said. Yeah, I mean, it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I like, think he nailed it. I, I actually think that he may have something of a case, and I'll tell you why. What is his case? The gaming market is actually expanding in its number of users. When you consider the gaming market, video games as a whole, they're across 2 billion PCs, Okay. okay, 4 billion mobile phones. There's the growth. Right? And within a few years, a billion tablets is the estimation in this article. So he's saying they're going to move away from the console. He's saying it's not that the console is going to go away. It's that as a portion of the market that is consuming video games, a smaller percentage of the market that consists of more consistent hardcore gamers Mm -hmm. are going to use consoles. So he's not saying that the console industry, he's saying that it is not the growth sector of the gaming industry. He didn't say it was going to die and go away. He's describing it as more niche. I think when you put it in the context of a mobile tablet-driven environment, he's got a pretty good case. 
I think, again, though, that the console developers are working against him in that the little bit we've learned about the next-gen consoles, a lot of what is being talked about is having it integrate with your tablet and interface with your tablet. So with the Xbox 720 or whatever it becomes called, your Windows 8 tablet will integrate seamlessly with software on your next-gen console for a total experience. That's a big thing that Microsoft is pushing and talking about. What I think they call it uh, something glass. Um, but the idea being the tablet and the console, really the media center PC, and whatever media you're consuming. Now, it's not necessarily a game. It is an internet video, a Blu-ray but the tablet becomes an adjunct to the console. The console still has to be part of the, the mix. And so Sony's doing something the very question similar. That I, the, the question that that brings to me is what that says to me is that, yes, it adds, it adds a facet to your home experience. How does that play into the mobile experience? When I am out participating in my everyday life and what I'm taking with me are the things that I need with me on a daily basis. So my phone for communications, you know, email, blah, 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 my smartphone capabilities, internet and data, maybe, depending upon how in-depth I need to go, mm -hmm. um, and those sorts of things. So I, I, I look at it and I say, unless they're looking at the console as a way to intrinsically drill in and stay connected throughout the day to your mobile device and add value to that mobile experience, mm -hmm. they are going to move more towards a niche area because that's where everybody's going. Well, that'll depend on how or if these technologies catch on. And TiVo is the first to market with. They have the TiVo, released the TiVo Stream, mm -hmm. which is a little box, not unlike a sling box, that connects to your TiVo and your internet connection and integrates with a phone or tablet piece of software to location shift your viewing. Right. So basically takes all your TiVo console mm -hmm. stuff and moves it to your tablet. So you are dependent on the server basically at home, at home yeah. go through this little widget box, and it lets you take the experience with you. Right. I can, I can foresee that being a, a, a something that the game console developers latch onto in their own way. If they can do that. And if people then... buy it. And if people buy it and it gives a good gaming experience, no matter where you are, then it's absolutely something that will allow consoles to continue to grow as part of the full, kind of full-fledged market. I, but, think, I think they'll become less and less gaming consoles and more used as home entertainment media Right, right. Full, full media components that have gaming as a full as component. As one component, them. but it will be the lesser used component for a lot of users. I mean, how much mm -hmm. I mean, we game very little on our PS3. Right. We use it as a Blu-ray player. But we use the hell our, out of it yeah. because it does these other very mm -hmm. useful Netflix things. Netflix and Netflix, Amazon. Amazon yeah, the whole Hulu, all that comes through there beautifully. Mm -hmm. And once in a blue moon, a disc other than a Blu-ray gets put in there. Right. Yeah, but we've never been big console gamers. No, we always people PC. who have grown up and and who really get a lot of pleasure and satisfaction out of console gaming would have to then decide: is this adaptation to the mobile environment something that really adds value for me? 
So I think, you know, I think we could go other either way. I don't agree with him. I don't agree with it. Go. It's not going to go away. It it could become a little bit more of a niche market depending upon how it goes. But really, as long as the console developers are going the way that everybody else is and moving with the rest of the technology industry, you're going to see some some possibilities for it to stay. Well, that segues nicely into another um, item from. Uh... The sheet that Grail put together for us from yeah. GameInformer.com. Mm-hmm. Talking about the presumed next generation of consoles. And the title of the article is Lessons to Learn for the Next Generation. And it talks specifically um, about the challenges that the different platforms have faced over right. the years. So when talking about Sony, no, item number one, come out on time. Item number two, do not leave yourself vulnerable to SQL injection attacks. <laughs> yeah, that's not so much on the console side, more on the server side. Doesn't matter. Um, Sony, it's a major Sony, flaw. Sony has been challenged uh, getting their stuff to market when they say they're going to. Mm-hmm. Make the system easy to develop for. They've also had not the best software development kits. Get first party games out on time so the games that are exclusive that are made you know basically by sony for the console that are exclusives get them out on time uh better security in in the whole paragraph under the better security heading enough said (laughs) so this is that sony yes please listen um online differentiation and being free basically says that the uh you know the the for pay service for that sony offers uh should be free and I agree. Mm. Let's go back to that security for a second. Okay. I just wanted to remind you that um, World of Warcraft finally got completely hacked. They had, yeah, a genuine exploit that mm-hmm. uh, was in the wild. And basically, through unknown means, we don't know what the actual mechanism was, but you could see the result of it. People were basically able to roll level one characters and just wander around the major cities, death-touching everyone. So there's, there's screenshots out there of Orgrimmar on certain servers with skeletons everywhere. And there's videos out there where they could see they're basically targeting the person they knew was doing it and watching them just wander around and death-touch people. So somebody figured I don't out... Think, Go ahead. I don't think it was even so much a death-touch, almost like a cloud or an aura, because they were getting... The video I watched, people were rezzing and taking off on their mounts and it would still kill them up in the air and they'd fall down. See, the one I saw was... <laughs> the shot of Ironforge? <laughs> no, this was one in Stormwind and the mm-hmm. person had the, the culprit targeted and then had turned on the target of target window and was watching this person tab target around and death touch people. So it seemed, at least the, the version that this person was recording, it did seem to involve the person targeting and killing people but they were able to target them even when they were in the air. Oh, because um, I'm flying over. Yeah, basically they, they basically were showing that people would get on their mount, fly straight up to try and get out of it, and then get death touched and plummet to the ground. And so uh, Blizzard quickly hot fixed that ex- exploit out. But it was the first one where they really had a true hack exploit, not exploiting a game mechanic like they did with the Blood Plague, right? Where people you know got infected, teleported, you know, hearth back to major season and let, let it spread. Right. There's just a game mechanic getting out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. This was somebody you know, using a hacked client, using some kind of, of external software to do something they absolutely should not have been allowed to do. Yep. Um, and of course, they were complete dicks about it and uh, trolled people. <sighs> Nature of the beast, right? Yes. 
Um, so we were talking about differentiation and being free. Well, I was just there was just um, advice to Sony from this author right. saying, um, stop being so vanilla and stop charging for stuff that people expect to be free these days. Uh, for Microsoft, create a higher quality product. Item number one. Uh, <laughs> yep. Red Ring of Death, anyone? Um, and and having purchased a first gen um, Xbox, and which came with a lovely ninety day warranty. And having the DVD drive die after just over a year of use, right? I can speak to this that Microsoft does have quality challenges. I never did a 360, but I was a party to the frequent death of the first generation, first several generations of model with the Red Ring of Death and overheating problems and power supply problems. So they have a, a deserved reputation for poor quality that they have absolutely addressed in later revisions but they still have that, that stink attached to them of the Red Ring of Death. Um, it's about the games and the first-party ones at that. Um, they didn't stick with a lot of exclusives later into the life of the 360. Um, and so there was not a lot of compelling reason. You know, basically, if, if you wanted to play Halo, you, know, you had to get an Xbox. Everything else was available on all platforms. So Mm -hmm. they didn't have the killer app as much. Um, Advice also, open up Xbox Live for developers. Uh, That's a good recommendation. Yes, I think people would make hay with that. Um, Keep the number of models down. I am, you know, looking at it from a consumer standpoint, it can be a little confusing. Uh, But at the same time, the 360 has been out for a long time, and they have plastered a lot of new technologies onto it, Kinect uh, being the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. And they had all the different, you know, some with the solid-state little 4-gig drive in them, some with 60-gig and 180-gig hard drives in them. Um, some of the early ones didn't do HDMI, later ones did do HDMI, so there was a lot of incremental development of the product over the years, and Microsoft was pretty quick to release new models, so there is kind of an alphabet soup of model numbers and revisions over the years. And capacities, which makes it difficult for the user to actually claim, you know, what, well, what version for? do you do have? I, do I need a 4-gig one? Do I need a 60-gig one? Well, what, what does the 60-gig get me? The thing with an Xbox, though, is that a hard drive is a peripheral upgrade. You can take the hard drive off of an Xbox very easily yeah. and switch it out for a bigger one. Right. It's basically stapled to the top. Um, and I'm, ex- I'm expecting with the new revision of the Xbox, it's going to be everything. It's going to, you know, Connect will be native or you know, whatever Connect evolves into will be native. Motion accelerometer controllers will be native. But you compare Microsoft to Sony, Sony had basically has had two revisions of the, of the PS3. Mm-hmm. They had the original fat one with several different sizes of hard drive, but they were all fairly beefy. The 30 gig, I think, was the smallest one. There was a, a little confusing period of time in the original ones that m- had the uh, additional hardware in them that allowed backwards compatibility to P- PlayStation 2 titles, and that went away later in the life of the fat version. And then the only other major revision they've had is the slim version. So you can, you know, by looking, you can see the fat either is a fat one with backwards compatibility or without. And really, a, a lot of people didn't really care that much about the backwards compatibility, but those who did knew how to find them. And then the Slim came later. Similarly with the Wii, you have the white Wii, mm-hmm. and then they came out with the black Wii later. 
So speaking of Nintendo, the very first recommendation is make enough consoles. <laughs> it's a simple request, but frankly, it's unlikely to happen in the early days of the Wii U's life cycle. Still, it would be nice if the people who want to buy the system could do so without having to elbow Christmas grandmas out of the way at the store. Yeah. So the, um, by the way, I had this picture of, of elbowing Christmas grandmas uh-huh. out of the way at the store and it just... For some reason, it just made me laugh un- uncontrollably. It's it's really not funny in any sort of reality when it happens. No, but when you see it mocked but, up in comedies. But the image of, you know, and then, of course, you picture the grandma. Being the one doing the elbowing. Yeah, or whipping her cane out and whacking you yeah. over the head to take the Wii, the Wii console Away out of your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. so first advice to Wii was make enough of them. The second one was keep working on online. And I can agree with that one because the online presence of the Wii is... A, a hilariously bad. Um, it is, you know, it was stapled on and is underutilized. And in this era of everything moving towards, you know, online delivery, online delivery, online delivery of content, uh, you feel that missing. Um, I think the reality is very few households have only a Wii. Right. They have the Wii for the kids and for party time when, you know, Pe- Grandma's pe- over. People want to play you know, one of the, the Super Smash Brothers or something, and then they have their real console in the form of a PS3 or an hey, Xbox. Hey, we had your folks playing bowling. Yes, on we there. did. Precisely my point. Yep. Uh, my f- folks who, who are not gamers and never will be gamers bowled play, on the Wii. Played the Wii just fine. Um, um, less shovelware. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find crap. Uh, Poorly designed and, and shoved out the door with very little quality control software. The Wii is where you want to find it. So the 995 and 1995 special uh, crapware. Uh, there's plenty of it, and it just makes the console look bad. And better third-party relationships treat your third-party developers better. And more timely first-party software. Nintendo makes great games for their own hardware. Witness the Super Mario Galaxy series, Zelda, all those. But man, do they take their time about it. Right. So these are valid criticisms and valid pieces of advice for the different console developers. And there's two ways to address that. Right? One way being speed up the freaking development. Yes. The other way, be more accurate in predicting how long it's going to take you to finish this game. Yes. Not well. I mean, if you just work ask on, anyone if, about Half Life Three. If you work on your accuracy, you might be a little better there. If you so. don't deliver when you say you are going to deliver, you are going to have a bad time. <laughs> Barry well, got the one it. Thing got it. Nintendo, the one thing Nintendo does have going for it is that they do have several uh, Nintendo-only titles or properties or whatever to draw from so they have they they have the killer app that microsoft lacks yeah outside of halo well yeah but halo even even though halo has been around on the xbox forever that's still only like what 12 15 years since the first halo came out i don't know my god i'm old but you know mario is 30 years old now it's a me arthritic mario and I don't know, Mario is very versatile plumber. He gets thrown in a lot of situations. I've, I've golfed with Mario. I've played tennis with Mario. I've <laughs> saved the princess with Mario. But she's always in a different castle. Boy, Mario always, he gets around. So does the princess, apparently. Yeah. She, um, she digs reptiles. 
This last one was interesting. It seems to refer to a, a conversation you guys had last week that I was not there for, which talks about future publishing writer outs shady publishers, paid for review scores, and more. Last week's call-in topic was how much do you rely upon reviewers for your game purchase decisions? Right. So um, the idea here is that future publishing, the top of the crop over online and printed gaming publications such as CVG, NextGen, Biz, Nintendo Power, Official Xbox Magazine, and PC Gamer, name a few, has been outed for having shady dealings with publishers, review scores with fixed numbers, and lots more. No. No. In cahoots with the public... Mm, yeah, yeah, crazy talk. So um, Rich Stanton, who's a writer for Future Publishing, has taken to his blog to completely lambast CVG while also bombing on other poor practices in the video game journalism ring. There's a lot to cover, but Neil Gaff has the best bits. Stanton was asked by a few users on Twitter just to give the worst story on Future and you have, you have and get some rest, to which Stanton replied... Edge gave GTA 4 um, a 10, but the review didn't. I'm genuinely amazed that nobody has picked up on the fact that GTA 4 got a 9, which became Rockstar's much sought after 10 in Edge. So basically, they upped it by a point. Mm -hmm. But But it's still... And it's still dishonest. And basically, it's it's pay for... Yes, they bought it. Mm -hmm. Well, that was another thing that came out of the... um, the John Stewart O'Reilly thing was, can you buy friends? Should you buy friends? Should the U.S. government buy friends? And O'Reilly's like, oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> Absolutely. He's like, this is, what do you mean? And he points towards John like he bought, like he bought John Stewart as a friend, <laughs> which is really quite funny. John awesome. Stewart. John Stewart's there, and he deliberately looks sheepish and looks down <laughs> at the kind of a thing. But the reality is that, that – um, you know, are we as a society moving to a place where money talks no matter what? Certainly seems. And to be I, I see so. that here. I see that in politics. I see that in our approach to the world stage. It's. We got the money. It's really interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. Until and, and a lot somebody of, and else has the money. Well, a lot of what came out in our in our caller section with the uh, you know, do you pay attention to reviewers was no, I don't because I know they're bought and paid for. So there's not a lot of uh, – a lot of people see magazines and ratings as the advertisements that they are. Right. Then we're more likely to trust a friend's review of a game than a, an official reviewer any day of the week. Well, now that we have the capacity to do that. I mean, it used to be a much bigger gig. Now through social media and other the things you can – Yeah, with the ad, advent and – Innovation of the internet across the world. We have a lot more capacity for that. The information age. All right. That handily brings us to our next break. Woohoo! And we got some mini bosses with some Super Mario Brothers 2 queued up for you. How timely. You are listening to Casually Hardcore live on Versus the World Radio. VTWProductions.com. Check out all the fine shows on Versus the World Network. Go to the uh, main page, VTWProductions.com. Click on the shows tab at the top of the page. Check them all out. You will be glad that you did. We shall return right after this. Versus the World Radio uses Typefrag Ventrilo servers. Try them out for free at www.vtwproductions.com. Once you've experienced their incredible sound quality of their high availability worldwide servers, sign up for your own vent server at typefrag.com. 
Use promo code VTW for a special deal. Try on all of their fantastic features, such as their money-back guarantee, instant setup over the Internet, web-based control panel, live chat support, and servers based around the world, so you can always find one that is near to where you like to play. Versus the World uses Typefrag, and so should you. www.typefrag.com, promo code VTW.
You are listening to VTW. 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 Productions. 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 Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Versus the world. Radio. Researched chaos. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, VTWProductions.com. You suck. No, you didn't wait. <laughs> I just stood here while my wife talked into the dead mic. You suck. I said, welcome back, everyone. Like, uh, welcome back, everyone. I have no pressy button yet. Yeah, this is little finger right here. Uh-huh. This this, it's itching. Feeling the love. Um, okay, so our research title for this week is May the Flick Be With You. And the contributors this week include... MacBit. Not to be confused with MacButt. Aid. Of the sexy accent. Boba Fetish. Boba Fetish. I know, I say it different than you, but mine is better. Mm-hmm. And... Fangs with a Z, and it's a Z what makes it cool. Amen. Thank you for all of your submissions and your work. We Thank you for submitting. Submit! Sorry. No, we appreciate all the work you do for us, and VTW would not be the same without you. Thank you, volunteers. We love you. We love you. We love you. Yes. Love, love. Now, from the research thread, we have here a pipe dream, unfortunately, um, just because of, of what we've witnessed of the studio system. I know where you're going. What, Which one what you're it has at? become. <laughs> Will the X-Men team up with the Avengers? This is from filmdrunk.uprocks.com. Um, if Marvel had done things differently, they would have this option. But to get where they to get to the point where they could develop and produce their own epic movies, they first had to sell little pieces of their souls. So Sony wandered off with Spider-Man and Fox wandered off with uh, X-Men, and I believe they also have uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Four. And then in-house development on all the subsequent titles. So Incredible Hulk. I think Hulk was outside, but they managed to get the rights back for Incredible Hulk. Um, Captain America, Thor, Iron, the Iron Man series, and the subsequent team-up film, The Avengers, were all in-house Originally Marvel, now Marvel as a subsidiary of Disney. Disney. And so people are, of course, talking uh, in this thread here. There's been a little buzz building around Marvel's efforts to buy up any loose and comic book characters that have already had films made about them. Because it is believed that Comic Book Empire uh, and Film Studio wants to be able to cram as many characters as possible into future projects. Please, ensemble, ensemble, ensemble. An ensemble cubed. This, the best example of this is Daredevil, which Marvel Studios recently secured from Fox so that the blind lawyer from Hell's Kitchen is now a free agent and the number one rumored character to be included in The Avengers 2, even though there's nothing to base that on. Um, so they've actually done it. They have paid off Fox to get one of their, fran- one of their lesser developed franchises back into the household 
Um, however, the X-Men franchise, even the crappy ones, have been good money makers for Fox. Um, you know, X2 was one of those rare sequels that performed better than its predecessor, and then they pissed all over it with uh, X-Men United, but I'm not bitter. They redeemed themselves somewhat with First Class, um, Origins Wolverine, meh. I mean, what was your feeling on, on Wolverine and uh, Wolverine First Class? Didn't see it. And, uh, and United, Barry? Oh, um, well, I think I've stated on the show before that I have a big problem with the way that the X-Men story was handled. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see what they did with First Class, and they they worked with what they had in the in the universe that they had established, but I still didn't appreciate what they did story-wise. Like, just it just baffles me that they would decide to make an X-Men first-class movie that didn't have the actual original five X-Men as set up in the comic book lore. I just don't, I don't see the point in that at, at all whatsoever. But, um, yeah, they worked with what they had, and it was a decent movie. Um, Kevin Bacon, man. Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon was awesome in that movie. He actually was. <laughs> he, he was a pretty damn good Sebastian Shaw. Um, I actually read somewhere online this week that um, Agent Coulson is rumored to be appearing in the S.H.I.E.L.D. television show uh, that, that uh, Joss Whedon is helping to develop. The, they're going to do a spinoff-ish from the Avengers movie. Uh, and it's going to be a, a TV show. A yeah, that, that's TV been established. Show. Yep, I didn't know Coulson. I mean, Coulson's freaking dead. Yeah, spoiler know, alert. Must be a prequel. Is maybe flashbacks to pre the Avengers movie stuff, uh, and he's going to appear. But he's going to be the only like, tie concrete tie to the Avengers movie. It's going to focus on other characters that work for Shield, which I think is a good uh, idea. I think if they can make it a we're, you know, super agents, but not super powered agents. We're just the super secret she. I mean, there, there's lots of stories, of, you know, from the Nick Fury Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. comic series that they could draw upon that are all really good, that, that they can do without having a, an extreme effects budget, which is what killed the Star Wars television series. And still tell a good story, and, I'm, and I'm, if it's an ensemble show, I am confident that Joss will be able to pull it off, because that's kind of his strong suit. Mm-hmm. So, I have one, if we're at a breaking point. Yeah, I'm just, I was hoping, I'm hoping that if that Marvel can pull this off, that they can buy their franchises back, and maybe, and then we can that have That would all, be ideal. We'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed. Has, I'm not holding out a whole lot. If to do it, it would be, uh, they're, they're, parent company of disney they are doing well i mean even the marvel division is swimming in cash right now because they keep making mega blockbusters right i'm really looking forward to iron man 3 which is in production uh thor 2 the dark realm something like that yeah this is basically about the dark elves and what's the uh ant-man which i'm going to become curious to see if they can pull that off because the well, stories are great, be... it's just the mm-hmm. name turns a lot of people off. Ant-Man? Really? Yeah. Because Henry Pym is a really fun guy in the Marvel Universe. You know, he's, he's a Reed Richards-level super scientist, super genius guy, and they can have a lot of fun with him. I'm dubious about... Uh, Using his traditional name? 
well, they, they've committed to it. Right. They, they may change their minds, but and he's he's a classic Avenger member, so I know why they're going that direction. They want him in the team. Right. But there's the other movie, which is the the lead up to Avengers Two. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. It's this, a weird direction to go in. It is I a weird direction. I, I think I know why they're doing it, because they're basically saying we've got all this goodwill from put, making out these great movies with our A-list characters. Can we make a B-list superhero team movie and still have people show up for it because they know we're going to do a good job in making an entertaining movie? I just come up against the whole idea of one of the characters in the team is Rocket Raccoon. Hey, you got to love Rocket Raccoon. I love him, is... but I don't know if he sells movie tickets. <laughs> I, I think we're a little bit, maybe if they were doing it as a comedy. I don't, well, um, no, but it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be the I setup. know it's supposed to be serious, but, but I'm just saying. I, I'm, um, I'm dubious, so we'll see. That, yeah, that character ensemble might be interesting. Well, that and the whole living tree is another one of the guys. So basically an ent is, yeah. is one of the characters. I don't know. The thing is that with the Thanos storyline that they want to establish. It's integral. That, that, that team has always been all about Thanos. One of the members is a former. Yeah, it's it's all in there. They can do it. I'm just a little mm-hmm. nervous. So the the second story actually um, brings me back to my sixth tangent, which is neat because I'll actually get to say it. Symmetry. Um, is about architecture and design. And it is the London Lido line could allow commuters to swim to work. So there is a proposal um, from YN Studio that uh, would transform some of the canals in London from Little Venice to Limehouse um, into actual, like they'd have separated segments in them that are clean, filtered water that are available for swimmers. So you can swim next to the boats and the kayaks and things right now that are taking these recreational waterways and use them as a way to swim to work. Um, in terms of exercise and things like that. Then they provided a, a new um, material and technology that you would lay over the surface just a couple of inches down um, in the wintertime, and it would freeze over and make it ice skatable. Skate so, you could, so you could skate the entire length and make it a high, high speed, um, would be transformed into an ice skating route. Um, so the, it's an aqueduct? It is, London is littered with canals that all fed into the Thames and provided transportation out across back London in back in the day. They were used for industrial and shipping, and you would take the little boats down, meet the big boats up at the Thames, and get them down and get them, get them, get, to, the sea. Get them to the sea and get them out. So, you know, London and, and Great Britain in and of itself is, was based on water empire. And so they... Now they're looking at, they have all of these canals and they've been, there's no more industry using them. They're purely recreational and they're not swimmable right now. There's I, too much crap yeah, in yeah, I was yeah. saying, too how, much. How would I feel about dipping my body too much. into that? And so, it, and that's just it. And so it's, it's one of the things where they're, they would clean it up. It's a, it's a triple layer filter that filters the water. So all of the water inside would be very, very clean and they would start it off with clean things but it would be semi-permeable it just wouldn't allow the crap to come through um but here's the part that's really funny 
The really exciting bit would be the Ilsington Tunnel, says Smith, referring to the 900-meter stretch where the canal burrows beneath the streets of Angel. It could be filled with disco lights and take on a whole life of its own. So I'm picturing the, the party atmosphere in the swim tunnel as <laughs> you go through. Disco the, lights. The 20-feet the deep club, maybe? I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> And then station areas that could be transformed into lively public spaces by night, outdoor cinema screenings, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, swim there, swim back, basically provide more avenues of exercise. You know, most, most people in London don't have a swimming pool. So this gives them access to something that they would not other ha- otherwise have. And so that was really cool. The, the other piece that I wanted to bring up is also design and architecture related. I don't know how many of you guys know this, but um, Frank Lloyd Wright actually um, spent half of his time in Arizona before he passed away. Frank Lloyd Wright is a very, very um, famous architect, for those of you who don't know. The Guggenheim um, is Guggenheim, um, there's a Grady Gamage Auditorium, Taliesin um, in the Midwest, well, Taliesin the West, West here. here is where he would spend his time. Um, and he would spend his time going back and forth between the two Taliesins. They were his primary home. But what, train, well, what a lot of people architects. didn't know was that his son, David Wright, and his wife lived here in Phoenix mm. and have a Frank Lloyd Wright or had a Frank Lloyd Wright house um, in the Arcadia area in Phoenix. Mm. It's on 10 acres. It's not a huge property. It's a, a relatively small house itself, but is de- is definitively a Frank Lloyd Wright structure. Well, important. And also, it's in the style. It's the only other structure of his in the style of the Guggenheim with the spiraling ramps. Right. And it was inches away from being bulldozed. Actually, it still is. The well, that's what I wanted to to mm-hmm. point out to everybody is the the property. Um, David lived to be about 103. His wife lived to be about 102. This does not um, suck. And then they finally passed away. The um, the property was sold to a person who they said would caretake it, but she hasn't done a very good job caretaking it. Um, in fact, what she did was she cut out the custom Frank Lloyd Wright rug in the living room and sold it on Amazon or eBay or something like that for tons of money and really hasn't maintained the structure. The structure is still in, has a lot of it. It's still in, it's good. It's a good, it's a sound structure. But and she sold it to um, a developer. She, and then, no, she sold it to two people. Um, they bought it for $2.05 million. And immediately want to bulldoze the property because they want to subdivide it into two five-acre plots and put up these big Italian-style palazzos and mm-hmm. things like that and sell them. Um, Arizona is very interesting in that it doesn't have a lot of laws that actually protect heritage real estate. So we don't have a way legally to actually stop this from going forward. So even if you declare it a historic preservation site, you can't legally stop them from demolishing it. So we got a three-month stay um, on demolishing the property. And but it will be, if something doesn't happen, it will be the first Frank Lloyd Wright structure destroyed. that has been physically demolished. Others have dis- have gone down by fire. They've mm-hmm. caught on fire and, and burned. Disasters have um, happened. Disasters have happened, but not an actual demolition Choosing of one of to his. Destroy it. 
um, of one of his spaces. On the, By in, the way, on the upside, the, the, the developers that own it are absolutely receptive to selling it, and if someone wants to come for and, two point two million, yeah. they want their they want, additional. They want, to, they want to recoup. They want to recoup some of their costs. But one of the things that I would say is that there's um, the property is such that you could actually put a five thousand square foot house set back and behind the other structure and keep the and keep the existing structure as a party house, an entertainment house, a, a historic site, blah 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 blah. Blah. I would want um, to live inside of Frank Lloyd Wright. Everything and, I've ever seen, I've loved. Well, it's, it's unique and different, but right. all of them are pretty darn cool. They are pretty darn cool. Um, and the so there's a lot of you know there's a lot of options there, but there's not a lot of time. Yeah. Um, and so it's been very interesting to kind of watch this local drama unfold. Yeah, I know. I, did, um, I didn't even realize that was here in the valley until I told you. No, until oh, I heard and read the same stories that yeah. you did. Well, I actually spoke with Grady Gimmage about it for about 45 minutes. <laughs> so You're a little more connected than I, had, I am. I, read I, had a, I had a really, really interesting conversation with Grady Gimmage about it. They're hoping um, to get, they've got their eyes on some people who are willing to donate and preserve. And the fact that the developer is not being a dick about it and holding on, no, we want, we want to double or triple our money. Here well, they were, tr- they were initially very reluctant and then they hired a PR specialist. And the PR specialist well. kind of told them, no, no, you need to, you're getting crucified you, right you now wanna, and you, you don't want to walk down this road. You don't want to pick this fight. So the hope is that they'll find somebody who is um, either willing to buy it for that price tag, the $2.2 um, million, and, um, and then fix and, it up. And maintain it, right, and, and, and treat it as a historic property. Um, and then maybe, you know, they wanted to make sure everybody knew you could still build on the property if you didn't want to live in an FLW structure, there's still, room. there's still room for you to build a huge house. So that was my second story, which is my last kind of tangent, um, was really looking at it and saying that um, people should be aware of the, the architectural sites that are in their area and the things that we just lose every day. This would have gone down and nobody would have noticed if someone... If not for the internet. No, actually, someone at the... Um, at the uh, planning commission, looked at it and said, Holy oh crap. God, saw on the plans who the designer of Frank the original Lloyd, structure was right. and looked and checked and found out that it was a legitimate FLW structure built for his son and daughter-in-law. And it, all of a sudden, the wheels started turning. Uh-huh. All right. So the inevitable has happened. This is from DailyDot.com. UK-based insurance company Allow announced the, fir- the country's first social media insurance plan. Oh, God. Is this the I get destroyed on social media and Promising insurance? Promising to protect customers against reputational damage, account jacking, and other forms of ID theft. The cover, which has been put in place for the benefit of all of our subscribers from today, will pay for legal advice and expert support in the event of a claim and is included in our service at no additional cost. Josh Quirk wrote on Allow's blog. Allow will offer £10,000 in fees and costs for any one incident uh, or £3,500 towards any reputational damage for around £3.99 a month and will offer new customers 30 days of free coverage. Social media insurance. You know, if this sounds good to you, I have a bridge in California for sale as well. Yeah. Well... Account jacking and all other forms of ID theft. ID theft 
big problem. That would be interesting to have insurance for because it can be expensive to repair it. And time-consuming. And time-consuming, and you lose earned dollars. For anyone who's on billable hours, if you're an attorney on billable hours... And you're wasting and you're, your time. Yeah, and you're spending your time trying to recover your own identity. Well, first off, you're an attorney. How'd you get your identity? But anyway, um, you're spending your time trying to recover your identity, and you're spending money as well. I mean, on average, it costs $2,100. At this point to, to fix it. That was actually two years ago and about 24 hours of time over the course. So it takes about, you know, two and a half to three work days to fix it. You know, like all told, if you spent all day, every day um, and $2,100 just to, you know, you're going to be charged this much for this fraud in this account and this much for this fraud in this account and this much for this and those sorts of things. So the insurance actually isn't a, isn't a big deal. I think that would actually be helpful if you are in an area where it's possible that you you would have an identity theft issue. Do I care about the social media and reputational damage components? If you're doing stuff and people are going to take pictures of it and put it on the internet where you don't want pictures of it out on the internet, then don't do that stuff where people can take pictures. Well, I mean, a, a story <laughs> from this week, um, it was, it was as found on Reddit, uh, you know, a young girl killed herself uh, because of those kinds of mistakes. Right. When she was, like, 12 or 13, uh, she got video taken of herself flashing the camera, you know, lifting her shirt up. And the person on the other end of the camera cyber-stalked her for years thereafter and followed her. You know, she would transfer schools. She would try to change identities. But she would never forswear using the Internet. So she would always create a new Facebook account, and she would always be active on the Internet. He would always find her, sneak into her group of friends, and then send all the friends copies of the video and harassed her to the point of suicide all because of this one indiscretion that a young person made that an evil, evil, evil waste of skin got a hold of and used to harass her. So be careful what you post online and be careful about your behavior online. You may think you're anonymous before you do something, imagine, just take a moment. If, ever, if everyone could just take a moment and remember or just think, if I weren't protected by this shell of anonymity, would I really be doing this? If I were in front of my friends, would I be doing this? And the answer is usually no. I think people would do a lot fewer stupid things that came back to haunt them later on the Internet. This is a particularly um, horrifying and sad version of that but that's that's how badly it can go so yes you absolutely might need insurance against your own stupidity right um well and the reality is that that you know it, in the days when we didn't have cameras everywhere it was less worrisome mm -hmm. and you didn't have that moment of, I didn't have webcams in my bedroom that could be turned on. We don't have any webcams well, in our bedroom. Not even that, just but, the you know, people those with, sorts the, of with the video camera built into their phone that they can whip out at the moment you start doing something stupid. Right. And they will. And they're everywhere. Right. Because they think it's funny. Mm -hmm. And so I do think that you just, 
we don't live in an era where you can, you know, kind of do stupid shit in any real public format. And have it remain private. Right. So be careful what you do online. Which brings us handily to our final break. Uh, when we return, we'll be taking your calls, so warm up your copies of Skype. Point them at VTW Shows or go to vtwproductions.com. Look in the lower right-hand corner for the I'm Online icon and click on that to call in when the time comes. Call-in topic includes anything we've spoken about today that you have an opinion on. So feel free to call in if you have a response or additional opinions on any of the topics we've covered thus far. Plus the call-in topic of the day of after you've returned to gaming, MMO or otherwise, after a long period of not being able to game, either enforced or by choice, how was your transition uh, back to gaming? What were your feelings? What did you experience? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it weird? Was it like returning home? What was it? And we'll take your calls when we return. You're listening to Casually Hardcore, live on Versus the World Radio. We shall return right after this. Shark Week, it be Shark Week, it be Shark Week, it be Shark Week. Wear your fin hat and bare your teeth. Build a couch cushion coral reef. Write TV trays for the family meal. Mama's home fried baby seal. Oh, Shark Week, it be Shark Week, it be Shark Week. Cartilaginous, fierce and free Sing along with your salty crew It be Shark Week, it be Shark Week It be Shark Week all week through Alright, you're doing okay, a bit rusty But here's what I need you to do I need you to, um, what is it, Pirate's favorite cartilaginous apex predator? That's how I need you to say it I know you understand me. Don't you remember all those happy days sitting around the television with your entire family, how school would be out, how your parents would have days off work so that you could enjoy watching the best footage that underwater cameras have ever brought us? You remember it, right? Days of yore, the old 70s specials, eating all the goldfish you could. That's right. Well, in memory of that happy science-based holiday, you should all sing with me now. You ready? And... Shark Week, it be Shark Week, it be Shark Week, it be Shark Week. Wear your fin hat and bear your teeth. Build a couch cushion coral reef. Yes, TV trays for the family meal. Mama's home fried baby seal. Oh, Shark Week, it be Shark Week, it be Shark Week. Uh, this is Turf Surf from the incredible podcast of Amazing Awesomeness, and you're listening to Versus of the World Radio. This is a very important song to me. 
I hope it's very soon a very important song to you too. Here we go. <laughs> That's where we are. Now follow along. Monkey chicken chicken monkey chicken duck duck chicken monkey monkey chicken monkey chicken chicken monkey duck monkey duck chicken duck monkey monkey duck duck chicken monkey chicken chicken monkey chicken monkey duck chicken chicken monkey duck chicken monkey duck duck chicken chicken monkey chicken monkey chicken duck chicken duck duck chicken monkey monkey duck chicken monkey duck chicken duck monkey duck duck chicken chicken monkey chicken monkey monkey chicken monkey chicken chicken monkey chicken monkey monkey chicken monkey duck Chicken, chicken, monkey, chicken, monkey, duck, chicken, chicken, duck, chicken, monkey, monkey, chicken, monkey, chicken, duck. Duck, chicken, monkey, chicken, chicken, monkey, chicken, duck, duck, chicken, chicken, duck, chicken, monkey, monkey, chicken. Whoa. Duck, duck, chicken, monkey, chicken, monkey, chicken, monkey, duck. Chicken, 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 monkey, monkey, chicken, monkey, duck, 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 goose. Hi, this is Will Wheaton from Radio Free Burrito, and you are listening to Versus the World Radio. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Casually Hardcore continues live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Commence to calling now-ish. But we already have someone on the line in the form of our extra host, the Barry Von Awesome. So have, <laughs> have, 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 have like, you ever... You added someone else to the call? No. Have you ever actually stepped away from gaming long enough to have to return, or has it been a constant companion in your life? From gaming entirely? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, or or no. out of those, or a category of gaming that you, that you returned to? Um, I took a break from WoW for a while... And then came back to it. That was kind of involuntary because I, I didn't have I didn't have a job or money to pay for it. <laughs> so, and you when you returned, was it weird or was it easy to slip back into things? It was pretty easy to slip back into things. Um, although I've quit while again now, and it feels kind of permanently. And it was a little weird with the new expansion coming out. Not uh, yeah, not participating it, in that. Not participating in that. And I was, you know, I remember the night that it came out in release, I was like, this is the first WoW release that I'm not Doing. in line for, chomping at the bit to get. And really, and it was, if, if, it, it, if it had been anything, if it had been something other than Kung Fu Panda, <laughs> I would have been a lot more likely to give it a try. I just, I just couldn't get past the Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> that was part of it. But yeah, so it was, it was weird mixed feelings of like, this is something I used to be really excited about, and now I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, there's uh, a certain weird feeling of, of loss there. A little bit, but at the same time, I know I'm not playing anymore because, um, you know, 99% of the people I used to play with, uh, some present company included, don't play anymore. So, and that was my reason for playing, was hanging out with my friends. If my friends aren't there, why am I still playing this game? Yeah. That's pretty. I mean, I mean, the MMO, The whole thing about the MMO is the social aspect of it, which is why when ILA and I finally got to time to play together, Guild Wars Two is suddenly more interesting. It made me really much happier. Go figure. Uh, yeah, because we're. I'm having a weird feeling of, of some difficulty getting back in the groove. Um, now, not 
really understanding the game mechanics. I haven't had the time to you know. I got the super duper um, limited edition uh, strategy guide and instruction book for Io for her birthday. Yep. And the shrink wrap's still on it because we haven't had time to sit down and read it yet. So now we've actually demonstrated the ability to get the game installed, accounts registered, classes chosen, uh, face and body types and tattoos picked, and characters actually rolled. It may be time to crack open that book and actually start learning how to play this game. <laughs> but I could Ooh. be wrong. You're wrong. Oh, hush. But the the Barbie doll aspect is the best part of any uh, role playing game. Is oh, what what do I want my character to look like? This is very important. Well, they had a, they had a it good, is very important. They had a good um, character dev tool. I spent some time in there and customizing it and making the Norn look the way I pictured a Norn looking. So it, I, I give them credit for having a good development engine. It, it held my attention for a good twenty minutes before I actually moved on to playing the game. Now we've had someone stealthily join the call, so welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? This is at Grace SW. What a surprise! Shout and- out to my loving girlfriend, Ambrosia Hartnett. Also a, a shocking surprise there as Shout well. Shout out. So given. And Woo-hoo! what would you like to talk about today? Uh, getting back into gaming. Uh, as uh, Barry, uh, the bearded one over here, has said, uh, I actually stepped away from WoW for a while after... Uh, Toward the end of Cataclysm, because I'd already done the PvP thing, and I was like, well, expansion's like three, four months on, out, out the door, so what else is there to do? So I uh, bobbed around for a little bit. I, play, I found myself playing the crap out of League of Legends in between uh, expansion, and about a week or two before expansion came out, I told all my buddies in uh, leagues, like, hey, I'm going to disappear for like a month solid and get back into WoW. And like the week before WoW expansion launched and the, the new patch uh, 5.0 went up, I logged back into WoW and I had this odd tendency of my fingering to uh, on the keyboard because I was so used to playing League of Legends. Uh-huh. I'm like, wait a minute. No, I'm, I, I, no I, I don't have these abilities that I have on champions. I'm I mean, I do, I do IT support for a living, and I sit at people's computers, and my hand goes directly to WSAD. <laughs> yeah. I cannot stop myself. I just give myself whatever. That's just where my hand rests. Yeah, I find myself doing that when I go to work. I work at GameStop, and when I go, as soon as I log in to, the, uh, to clock in, my, hand, my left hand immediately goes to WASD. Like, yep. wait, no. It's just it's deeply ingrained in our in our genetic structure. Now, see, I've been playing way too much Diablo three, so now I, my hand spot has shifted to shift and uh, alt, so that you can get the loot to appear and shift, <laughs> so you can stand still and still spam the mouse button and not move. Loot whore. Oh yeah, I've been there. What's Diablo? <laughs> I've, I've only point. ever played the demo, so kill things and loot explodes. Damn, yeah, skippy. The loot pinata. Smack, yeah. it, smack it hard. All right. Thank you for calling, and thank you for the traditional shout-out. The, the show may, may now be called complete. Thank you for having me. the shout-out has occurred. And welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who is calling? This is Sean Caster. Greetings, hey, oh young Sean one. Caster. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. And what would you like to speak on this fine Sunday? That would actually be my return to WoW. Because what I had done is, like, you know, I watched my old man level up to 85. 
and it's like, I'm not there yet. I'm bored with this. So what I ended up doing was taking a forced break and played Minecraft for a very long time. And Notch thanks you for that. <laughs> and then it finally got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm getting a little bored. I want to go play some WoW again. And I have, and I signed in as like, new talents. I am very confused. And now, it's the shoes on the other foot. My dad did the same thing. But you were ahead of him. Can't even handle this. See, I signed in. I had got a beta key for uh, Mr. Pandaria, and went in there and just was completely at sea as far as where I had left off. You know, the the game mechanics and the talent trees and where they were when I returned. Like that was very off-putting. Of, I no longer know how to play my character. This is a character I used to be deeply involved with and and had a deep understanding of the game what I consider a deep understanding of the mechanics to the point of you know, being able to optimize my character and play him effectively. And that was all gone. And that was very, very, very off-putting for me. Mm. That's kind of how it was for me. It's like, all right, my action bars are empty. Do over. sad because now I don't know how to go and roll face. But now, with my new talents, I can kill things faster. So you are back to rolling face. Yes. And thus the WoW cycle continues. Yes. So you had a break-in period where you were where you were a bit at sea and you were a bit put off by the, well, everything's changed, but basically the same learning curve of did some research, learned the new way of doing things, and now it's back to comfort zone for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping... kind of back to the same. And, of course, now the shoe's on the other foot. It's always been Dad's been a higher level than me. And now you've He's got him. He's still sitting at level 85, and I'm sitting at level 88. Like, I have ah, you now. Finally. <laughs> Remember, age and treachery will always overcome youth and skill. Watch your back. <laughs> Thank you, you for calling. See. We'll get you next time. Be well. Later. And welcome to Casually Hardcore. You're on the air. Who's calling? This is Tech Priest. I'm glad we got one good, solid accent in this Woohoo! <laughs> and there's even a woman here to appreciate it, so I'm watching her melt even as we <sighs> speak. Please begin reciting your local phone book. Okay. <laughs> so, zero, what would you like to talk? Zero, one. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like I to like it. I like the idea that the uh, phone book from wherever he is from is in the order of phone numbers, not names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm R. So what would you like to speak uh, about today, Tech Priest? Yeah, um, some breaks from gaming. I fake reg take regular breaks in the summer for around four weeks. With I don't touch a computer at all. Very good. For I'm um, not at the computer. I'm in the farm. Well, not farm. I'm outside in a, uh, on an island or the coast or sailing or something so out what is this outside of which you speak high high definition graphics my friend wow Very high definition. and the tree is stunning so when you return is it a comfortable transition or is it strange or something you look forward to how does it feel it's roughly 24 hours straight in front of the computer <laughs> <laughs> must get fix mm. <laughs> Kind of, yes, like that. <laughs> so you go and you do enjoyable other things, but you do look forward to your return to the arena. Yeah, uh, I usually even make plans for what exactly I will do when I get back last week. All part of the evil plan. 
A very ill planet involves world domination. All shall fall before me. Exactly. This is indeed what we find. All right. Oops, sorry, I've tabbed to the wrong place and the computer is revolting. Ah, there we are. I'm back. All right. Thank you for bringing uh, the fine continental uh, accent to our show this evening. We feel... Someone has to it. <laughs> and we appreciate you being the one. It was going to be you or Aid, one of them. And, and, and Aid is sitting in the IRC being lazy and not calling in. So, Tech Priest, you get all of our praise and our love this week. <sighs> Do you hear it, Aid? You're lazy. <laughs> Thank you for calling. Have and a great one, Tech Priest. Well. Now, if that doesn't get Aid to call in, I have no idea what will. I, I could try to talk in more of a traditional Minnesota accent, but I don't know if that'll be any good or worth it. <laughs> Say the phrase, nice hot dish. Oh, <laughs> a hot dish, eh? <laughs> I, I can't do it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, can't, I, just feel like I I'm, can't bring myself to do it. I can't. I can't naturally just fall into it. Uh, I did work with a guy uh, years ago, though. It was the supervisor at this movie theater I worked at in college. And uh, it was so crazy about how he would just talk normal when you were just talking to him. But then as soon as a customer came up to him, his default polite mode of, of communication was, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He just kept saying that over and over again. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we yeah. got a nice hot dish here for you. That'd be your accomplice in the uh, wood chipper then, huh? And Yeah, and you'd get a you betcha in there every once in a while. Oh, too. you betcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, sure. that's just the way it is, you know, up there. Up there in, in the, the northern part. Yes, I'm feeling very happy. How are you this fine day? I'm fine. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> See the effect you have on our women? Your women, I, I wish to buy them. Sell them to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, have somebody hung up? No, no, we're all still here. Yeah, okay. I can hear the sultry, right, dulcet tones an explanation of your voice. for why your name was altered in the IRC? What? From Edelweiss? <laughs> to Edelweiss. Edelweiss. My what? online name's always been Edelweiss. Ed is just, it's just been the yeah. shortened version of it. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> Someone, I don't know who, but somebody on Quake Night is hogging the name Aid, so I've just gone for the full name. Ah, you're a keeper. You can stay, especially you know, when we have the dulcet tones of voice caressing my wife's earlobes over the power Any of the time. interwebs. <laughs> Anytime, my light. Dare I say, <laughs> you, just, you sound just like Petty. Sorry, I've been watching too much Disney Junior. No, really? You think? You think? Yeah, a little bit. Melts your cerebral cortex. Be careful. <laughs> Start uh, dribbling yeah, out your nose. No more Dora the Explorer. Dora. <laughs> I love robot chickens. Did you ever see the robot chicken take on Dora the Explorer? I haven't. No. They do a whole. I've not actually watched a lot of that. It's it's I I take it in small doses every once in a while. I can't watch it regularly because it is a bit much. But they had a great. Uh, it was the encounter between Homeland Security in the United States and Dora <laughs> the Explorer. Oh God, that that does sound good. So they're talking about. Can I get robot chicken on on Netflix? This. This no. This I have never seen it on Netflix. I'm not sure if it's on any of the other streaming solutions, but 
I can give you access to my TiVo because we have a sling box and you can watch it that way. Oh, that would be very, very naughty. I'm uh, sure there are ways of getting it. <laughs> hey, I was watching uh, the premiere of uh, the new Red Dwarf on Dave via mystical means, seeing as I don't live yeah. in the UK. But... Yeah, I was watching the second episode on Thursday, which I really enjoyed. The Father's Day episode? Yeah, the Father's Day one. I fell asleep it's... during it, so I, 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 I got the first third and then, then the last five minutes in my brain. But it looks, it, right. it feels to me like they're, they are kind of back to their writing roots of when they were best. I, know it's still... I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it, it, to me, it feels like the season four, season five yeah, kind of era. Where they were kind of at their peak um, of silliness. Yeah. And I did like with Father's Day how they're referencing things that have actually, it's almost canon. There's almost continuity of some kind. Yeah. They're basically referencing you know, Dave being his own father. and Ouroboros. Oh, yes. Our Rob or Ross. Yes. Um, and and just the constant slamming back of Gelf Hooch that happened during that, <laughs> that episode. Was, no, at least there weren't any Gelf brides. <laughs> yeah, people, are, people who don't watch Red Dwarf are wondering what the hell we're talking about. Red Dwarf is a fine uh, British no. uh, sci-fi comedy show. You're not letting him talk enough. I'm sorry. It's okay. Speak more. Tech Priest is just a smeghead. Oh, bitch slap. Damn. <laughs> Sneak. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes. You. I don't actually have a lot to say about the topic of conversation, which is why I didn't phone in. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I stop playing. I start playing. I don't care. That's about as much as I could have said about it. Yes. So I'm happy to start about it. But I will Red talk Wolf about instead. Red Dwarf all day long. So yeah. I appreciate the call from that perspective. Well, that's all right, then. <laughs> and Doctor Who as well. Oh, see, we could go on for hours and hours at that point, but we'll have, that, that would need to be a different show. We've, we've indoctrinated Grail and Daxa, so they're, they're almost caught up I'm to, glad to, hear that. to real time. You did notice who the, in the first episode of the most recent uh, Matt Smith series... We met the new companion. the girl was. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be seeing her again. We will, and I like that, and she is... She, I like Amy, but she looks interesting. I have some theories about how that's going to work, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious they, how they're going to do that, because they're not, they're not just using the actress again like they did with Martha Jones, where they yeah. met the actress in one role and then reused her again. They planted her in that episode to return... Very deliberately. ...as a companion. If you've seen that episode, you know that, that doesn't seem quite possible. So Why? we shall see how they write their way out of that one in the Christmas special. I, like well, I say, I, I have some theories, but I don't want to. I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk I, about I'd it. Very it's very spoil, they're spoilerific theories, so I'd, I'd have to go in depth about what exactly happened in this season. Well, I guess Grail and Dax aren't here, so they're not. Really and, and we know they never listen to the damn show, so. Uh oh. <laughs> um, I think we're about to have. Um, yes, yeah, this is what I hoped would happen. Uh, welcome back to the show, Tech Priest. Is there something you wish to say? A little less. British TV, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling the love. Are you feeling the love, dear? Well, we can't get Swedish TV over here. I, I, she's I she's overwhelmed with, with accents. They sound too good. <laughs> You've been infected by Daxa. So wait, was um was Swedish TV though? Was that where Big Brother was invented? That was Dutch Maybe. TV. Maybe I don't know. I don't watch it. I'm pretty sure it's Dutch. 
Yeah, Dutch. I will thank them for that because Big Brother is an awesome show. No. Lies. No. 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 Horrible TV. We're voting you down, Barry. We're voting you off the island. Oh, no, that's a different show. (laughs) Oh, great. I've been voted off. (laughs) Maybe in America it is, but... No, the I, UK I, version is the best one that I've seen. Uh, the American version is horrible compared to the UK version. Oh God, I feel sorry for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking the British version of that's good, then gods. I, I, I don't say it's good. I just enjoy watching. <laughs> no, our, yeah, okay. our TV networks here are, are capable of creating the worst dredge of the most unbelievably bad programs that, that I don't know how they ever got to the point where people thought that this is something that people would like to watch they're all the, the a lot of the networks are, are addicted to reality television because it is extremely cheap, cheap to produce so and I haven't ever seen it but I've read things about this show um, Honey Boo Boo uh, <laughs> which is about the horrifying mother with the toddlers and tiara child, um, basically the, the scraping the bottom of the white trash barrel, everything that is wrong and bad about the United States in a television show, and apparently, and it's and and it's on the Learning Channel. <laughs> My theory on that fact is that they're actually trying to bait the terrorists into attacking us. <laughs> that show is hilarious. Just thinking about sort of white trash, though, I did see Jerry Springer the musical down in London, and that was very, very impressive. I can imagine that could sorry, be Jerry's, made into something opera, awesome. Sorry. It, that could be made into something awesome. It was a very, very impressive piece of work. I mean, when you consider um, you know, Jerry Springer started life as a politician, he was a mayor of a major city, and then yeah. went well, on... Uh, major city? Okay. Middling city. But still, was not an insignificant politician, and then went <laughs> on to a second life in garbage television. How does that work exactly? I don't know. Only in America. Well, thank you for uh, bringing your accents on and duking it out um, and and tearing tearing us away (laughs) from the the topic of of UK television. Uh, We need to wrap things up because the Emperor is chomping at the bit to get his show going. Chomp. 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 Looking for a kidney as well, apparently. Mm, Nom, 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 nom. Mine is mine. He cannot have it. I need to kill it myself. You're a rub blood type anyway. Mine is liver. Oh, liver. Sorry. Yeah, you're right. Liver. You only need half, and the beauty of the liver transplant is they, they take half, and your half grows back, and they stick it to your other half and the other person, and it grows back. That's about the only organ they can pull that off with. What? I just work here. Thank you for calling. I'm going to kick you wow. all to the curb. See you later, guys. Have a good night. See ya. And good night. Peace be well. Bye. All right. There's two hours of your life you just ain't getting back. Thank you for listening this fine week. You have been listening to Casually Hardcore Live on Versus the World Radio, vtwproductions.com. Please take a moment to check us out on the web, vtwproductions.com. Under the Shows tab, go to Casually Hardcore. Please tip and thank all of your volunteers. We appreciate everything you do for us, everyone who participates in the uh, research thread, the audio team, the art team, uh, the rock who helps me maintain the 24-7 server, Biomed Alchemist, who keeps the Shoutcast server rolling, 
We appreciate all the fine work you do. You can find us on Facebook. You can look for Casually Hardcore or VTW Productions. There are pages for the network and the show. You can find us on Twitter. Alpha Geek Radio is the show Twitter feed. VTW Productions for the network. Gnomewise for me. Iolite underscore CH, as in Casually Hardcore, for Iolite. And Barry, where can we find you on Twitter? All one word, Barry Von Awesome. The... Barry Von Awesome. No, don't add a the. You won't find me. At Barry Von Awesome. Just That's Barry me Von on Twitter. Awesome. Send yeah. your emails complimenting, complaining, criticizing, critiquing, uh, questions, comments, smart-ass remarks, all that kind of stuff. CH at VTWProductions.com. Check out our sister feeds, Alpha Geek Radio and Alpha Geek Interviews. In fact, in Alpha Geek Interviews, you will find Iolite's interview with Mark Muir and a link to the aforementioned Red Sand. Red Sand. Mass Effect fan film of awesomeness. Awesome. From the digital video team at University of Advancing Technology. If you'd like to sponsor a segment where before one of the segments of the show, we get to say whatever you tell us to say in a funny voice or a regular voice or whatever voice you dictate. It's all of five whole dollars per segment. Go to the Casual Hardcore page. Look on the right-hand side and click on the Sponsor a Segment link. And PayPal us a couple of five bucks. Tell us what you want to say. And that money will go towards keeping the station running helping us fund trips to various conventions, recording devices, all that kinds of fun stuff. We appreciate it. You can contribute to the station without actually contributing to the station. If you're going to shop at Amazon.com, either UK edition or US edition, start your search from the Amazon links on the Casually Hardcore page on the right-hand side, and a small percentage of whatever you purchase will go to us. won't cost you anything extra, and helps feed the station and keep us working. And we appreciate it. Up next, The Emperor's Court. Warning. Adult themes will likely be present in this show. Gee, I think. Strong opinions are voiced. If you are thin-skinned or easily offended, this is probably not the show for you. If, however, <laughs> you have strong opinions and like voicing them, this may be the perfect show for you. Emperor and Highlander coming up next live on Versus the World Radio. The Emperor's Court, your three-hour break from internet porn. I have been Gnomewise. I've been Iolite. I have been Barry B.A. And we are out of here. Bye-bye, radio people. Bomba dee 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 bomba dee